Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and this is the Road to Ion Toronto Conference. If you haven't heard, we have this awesome opportunity in which to partner with International Orality Network and to be part of the Toronto Conference coming up on October 3rd to 5th. And we get a chance during this series to talk to some of the people who are involved and will be part of putting it together. And today we got a special guest, Naomi Frizzell. Naomi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Don? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to this. And where are you right now? You are somewhere in North America, I know. But where are you in North America? I am just a little bit uh, west of where you are. I'm in West Michigan in uh, Holland, Michigan, Grand Rapids. Yes. I I believe I could probably throw a stone across that Great Lake and maybe hit your house. That's a possibility. You were, were that close. Yeah, if you had a really good arm, maybe you could do that. So. Yes, <laughs> I'll start working out now. Anyways, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about who you are and what ministries you are involved with? Well, I serve as the executive director of Audio Scripture Ministries, and Audio Scripture Ministries helps connect people to God's Word in their own heart language. And we do that by recording and distributing the Bible and Bible engagement resources around the world. We also have a compassionate care ministry and a farming ministry in Mozambique that are opening some wonderful doors to sharing God's Word. I've been executive director for about two and a half years. Before that, I worked with Our Daily Bread Ministries, and before that, uh, the Lausanne Movement. I was head of communications for the International Lausanne Movement for about 10 years. Very nice. And I wanted to ask you, like, what are some of the things that you've experienced as you've been involved with Audio Scripture Ministries and in terms of this level of engagement on a very global sense? You're talking about connecting to people in their own heart language, and there must be so many different ways in which you are connecting with culture. So what have you experienced? Well, it's been a wonderful opportunity to get to know people where they live. I just returned from Mozambique. I was there for a couple of weeks visiting our teams and learning more about what they're doing while we were there. We were also really kicking off and launching a new farming ministry. As you may remember, a couple of cyclones hit Mozambique earlier this year. And because of that, have created even more intense food security issues. And so we are having the opportunity to grow a farm in the Mozambique, sort of the central Mozambique area that is really opening more community doors for people who are interested. Why in the world is your team doing this? And we point them to the gospel and to God's word. In that area, we also have a recording studio because there are a number of languages in Mozambique that either don't have the Bible or don't have recordings. So we're working on doing that as well. That's also replicated in other parts of the world. We have a strong presence in Mexico, and we also have strong partners in India and other locations of the world. We last year distributed in 56 different countries with audio Bibles and Bible resources. Very nice. Have you noticed a difference between how people engage with the gospel between the written word and also through kind of hearing the word being spoken? Have you noticed a difference in how people? receive it for themselves? 
I have definitely seen a difference in the way that people interact with the printed Word of God, which is very important. And uh, in many cultures, the printed Word is preeminent because they are literate societies. They are able to read. And we are so excited about the printed Bibles that are put forth and are distributed to various people groups. But there's also that uh, separate important part of the population. In fact, about 80% of the world's population who are considered oral communicators, either by necessity or by preference. And really what that means is they can't, they don't, or they won't read, or they prefer to learn or communicate by methods other than written text. Mm -hmm. And when they receive God's word in audio, the idea that they are able to listen to a God who knows how to speak in their language is amazing. Because for many of these people, this is some of the first things that they will hear other than someone speaking in their language. And they recognize that they are now hearing about God who cares about them, who cares enough to provide this particular resource so people can learn and come to faith in Jesus Christ and then be discipled in His name. Wow. Amen to that. And I want to ask you, how were you first introduced to this idea of orality or oral preference or, as you said, how some cultures that is a necessity as well? You know, what was your first introduction to this whole concept? Well, it was actually almost 15 years ago, almost exactly 15 years ago at the 2004 Lausanne Forum for World Evangelization in Thailand. And that's really what a lot of the the current orality movement traces its roots back to that meeting in Thailand. I had the opportunity to serve in communications for that gathering, and so had the opportunity to sit in on some of the meetings and do news releases and all of that sort of communications work. And then out of the 2004 forum, we had a collaborative effort with the Billy Graham Center in Wheaton to produce an online magazine called Lazon World Pulse, which ran from 2005 to 2011. And we had a number of articles from many of the orality leaders talking about the concepts, introducing them, and then also taking the idea one step further about why this is important in our missional context today. Mm-hmm. And now I also serve on the uh, editorial board for Lausanne Global Analysis, which came after Lausanne World Pulse and started in 2012. And orality has been something that we as an editorial team have been focused on there as well. Oh, very nice. How would you describe or what would you say is the importance of this concept for evangelism and for the church? Why do you believe orality is, is such an important concept to kind of wrestle with? and to understand as we think about our society and how we as a church can respond. As I mentioned, globally, about 80% of the world's population are considered oral communicators. And really, North America is becoming a more post-textual society that relies on oral communication as well. Mm -hmm. Just look around us, we see people who are more and more influenced through oral means or visual means. Look at the art, look at our stories, our songs, dance, drama, audio, film, and of course, digital media. Sure. So we've used the term oral communicators globally, but it really is becoming much more essential for organizations, for churches, for ministries here in North America, for people who prefer to use oral or visual communication. There really is an increase in oral communicators in North America. Obviously, we see a lot of people coming from oral cultures who are now living in North America, Mm -hmm. but it also includes 
indigenous, First Nations people, the elderly, the blind, the deaf, as well as all of those digital natives. So as we see this level of increase toward oral communication, the church can't be left behind. You know, this whole idea of orality, I believe as we consider what it means, I think for me, it it didn't even dawn on me to think about how I grew up and how I was influenced and how this concept really kind of shook me in terms of thinking about, oh, like, you know, the rest of the world doesn't just read something and understand it or has that capacity. I think it was out of my own ignorance, out of many, many years of kind of just growing up in kind of a North American culture, that I, I needed to recognize that the levels of engagement and how the church engages must be broadened and must be understood in a new way. And I think especially as technology has progressed and there's been more accessibility, I'm constantly hearing how people talk about, oh, I heard this in a podcast or I watched this on YouTube or, you know, the other day, you know, this story was presented through, you know, spoken word or through poetry or whatnot. And I'm thinking, wow, like this is part of culture. This is how we engage. This is how we learn and grow. And it's, it's been a concept that I think I'm still wrestling with, especially as we consider the, the, the conference that's coming. And what does that mean for us in terms of embodying Christ, embodying Jesus in a post-textual society? You know, how will we be the people of God in a society that is moving past written word? And even though that might still be an influence in our lives, we need to, as you said, consider the other ways in which people are engaging today. You know, how did you get connected with the International Orality Network? And what has that experience been like for you? Well, it's been a wonderful opportunity because of what we do here at Audio Scripture Ministries. We work with oral communicators every day. Uh, And it's, again, not just for people over there, if I can put that in quotes. It's not just for the people in Mozambique or Mexico or India or Guatemala or Uganda or South Africa or wherever it might be or the Congo. It really is applicable for today and for North America. We make audio Bibles available all the time for people who are here in the United States, whether they're working with immigrants or migrants, or perhaps they're working with the elderly, also with the prison population, and also with people who are doing foreign adoptions. We had one case here in West Michigan where a couple was adopting a young girl from China, couldn't speak the language, but they did give her an audio Bible in her own language with children's stories, with the Bible, and she was able to listen to that and help ease the transition into an English culture. And because of that, they had some commonality in being able to share God's word with her. But, you know, this shift in the way that people communicate and are influenced really does have a significant impact on churches, denominations, and as I said, ministries like my own who are seeking to share God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because those traditional methods that you talked about that many ministries previously relied on, like reading and writing and that sort of thing, we're all now facing this changing landscape of different communication methods, different media channels, and also the different thought processes that come from oral communicators. And you mentioned listening to podcasts or viewing this or listening to the poetry or spoken word. You know, there was a 2018 study conducted by Pew Research Center that says that one quarter of American adults say they haven't read a book in whole or in part in the past year, whether it was print, electronic, or audio. 
And the American Psychological Association says that less than 20% of U.S. teens report reading a book, a magazine, or a newspaper daily for pleasure, while more than 80% of them use social media every day. And for Canada, book reading has increased slightly in Canada in 2018, but 28% of the readers prefer reading, and I'll put that in quote, using an audiobook. Mm. So let's go to where these people are and the way that they want to hear and receive their information and share with them the greatest story, the story of the gospel. Yeah, I totally agree. The gospel is the greatest story of all time. It is God's story and how he draws us into himself and draws us into that story. And to think about like how our narratives are shaped by society and culture today through the type of engagement we have And so I'm really glad that you brought out these points. Now, what do you think are some of the challenges we face in regards to engaging through oral means? I think we just need to look back to our leader and savior, Jesus. Jesus was a storyteller. He communicated in the way that people needed to hear in his culture. And certainly we're learning those same lessons today that the message of the gospel has not changed at all, but how we communicate it is changing. And we need to be able to reach out and not say, come to us, come do it our way. But let's go to where people are and use the communication methods that they need to hear with our unchanging gospel. I would say one of the challenges is helping people recognize that there are resources available to help them communicate with oral communicators, uh, that it doesn't just have to be a printed text, but there are audio Bible recordings, there are Bible engagement resources, and there are stories. You know, it's wonderful as I've been developing the program for the ION conference in Toronto in October, along with the program team, to find out how many storytelling groups there are in North America and the wonderful creative ways that they are sharing the gospel and they're sharing God's word so that people can come to faith in Jesus Christ, but also grow be disciple, and also be a reproducing disciple. Mm-hmm. And so I think the education of that, to know that, that there are those resources, there are those ministries, there are those efforts uh, that are available. And I think, you know, number two out of that is really Bible poverty is a challenge uh, and biblical illiteracy. And allowing people to listen to God's word to really, one of the words that, that um, I've heard that just keeps resonating in my mind is really to marinate in God's word. You know, if you pick up a text, Mm, you read it and you set it back down. But if you're listening to God's word, you can continue to listen to God's word and your mind can continue to process that as long as you're as you're listening to it. And it's so wonderful to see that this can help people have important focused time with God's Word. But the the whole area of biblical poverty and biblical illiteracy is huge among North American populations. I think another challenge is just a weakened resolve by some of the truth of God's Word and the Gospel. Uh, It's being attacked all the time, and we Mm. need to stand firm as believers in Jesus Christ that God's Word is true and the gospel is the truth as well. And so when we come together at the International Orality Gathering in October, this gathering is really open to all people who are interested in sharing the gospel and making disciples of Jesus Christ. We're going to reaffirm the centrality and truth of God's word, but we're also going to be together to seek more ways to effectively bear witness to Jesus Christ in this changing world. 
Mm-hmm. So together, we're going to wrestle with some of these challenges. We're also going to celebrate what God is doing and look for additional ways to share God's word with oral communicators, because really some of the things I see happening is increased collaboration because of some of the work of the trailblazers in in this area. A lot more people now are asking, what can we do better together than we can do separately? Looking at ways that we can be better stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to our care. How can we work together to more effectively reach a particular culture or reach a particular people group or reach a particular region of our world, instead of replicating, let's join arms and join hands to be much more effective. I think as you're sharing all of that, it's making me think about how these gifts and engaging in this way can deepen our experience of God and how we could help other people encounter Him in ways that they have maybe never experienced before. And I'm so glad that there is a conference such as this one that, you know, we're talking about some of the challenges, but we're also thinking about that collaborative piece and how we can learn from one another and how we can support each other in engaging in an oral culture or engaging in oral means or preferences. One thing that I have noticed in in cultures today, and especially as I commute or I'm even at church or I am at the mall or at the gym, is that often people have their headphones on. And they are constantly listening to something and they are constantly engaged in some way or form. And to think about how can that type of engagement be redeemed and restored for the kingdom and for people to know the gospel. I know for myself, even driving around, listening to a sermon or listening to scripture or listening to a podcast has been really helpful for me in terms of redeeming that time and continually being saturated. And the word that you used was marinated. Just completely marinated. Yeah, marinated. Yes, like cooking references. This is this is what we need. This is great. And so as the director of program team for this year's conference, what are some of the things that you hope to see? And what are some of the things that you hope participants of the conference will take away from them as you plan things out? You know, I think you're exactly right. There, there are a lot of people that are on their phones today, and who knows what they're listening to in the privacy of their own home or in their cars or whatever. And there are wonderful podcasts like this one that, that we're talking on, as well as others. There are audio Bibles that people can listen to, wonderful apps that they can listen to, so they can have that opportunity to really listen to God's Word on a very regular basis, whether it's doing their personal devotions through that, or they're interested in learning someone's commentary on a particular topic or a particular passage of Scripture. There are lots of opportunities for people to really listen to and get engaged in God's Word, but also there are opportunities through visual means. There are wonderful things that are happening through the arts, they're happening through film, they're happening through a lot of different means that allow people to really get to know more about God's Word and more about living a Christian life. And that's one of the things that I'm hoping through this gathering in October is that we'll uncover many more resources and many more opportunities uh, to share God's Word and the Gospel in many different formats. And so we're going to be having just as one little slice of the program called Minute at the Mic. And this is an opportunity for the ministries that are attending to tell the latest about what they're involved in, maybe the the latest app that they've developed or a film that they've developed or another resource. And so this really gives people an opportunity to hear from the front lines what is happening. But, you know, as I'm thinking about the program as well, 
I would want, first of all, this to be a time of refreshment. You know, mm. it seems like there are many times that we go to conferences, we get all this information and we walk away going, ah, okay, that just means now I've got more to do. <laughs> and, you know, what about all the emails I didn't uh, answer during this conference or all the phone mails, <laughs> yes. or, you know, phone calls or whatever. But this really is an opportunity for people to really step apart and hopefully be encouraged and refreshed in their walk with the Lord and also an affirmation about how God is using them in their particular ministry in this field of orality and also perhaps challenge some folks who are just learning about orality to see how their organization or their ministry or their church or individually they can use these concepts of orality. And I'm also hoping that there will be new connections and uh, potential partnerships that will come out of this. As I said, there are a lot of wonderful things that people are doing. How can we be more effective when we look toward John 17, 21, when Jesus prayed for unity in the body of Christ so that it would mm. point toward him and toward the Father? How can we facilitate that through this conference by opening doors, by helping people to meet each other, by helping people to really learn about the skills and giftings that they can be involved in sharing with other groups. And I think also, this really is a time for us to recognize that we can learn a lot from other cultures around the world, really, that are already involved in reaching oral cultures in their particular region. What can we learn about the way that they reach the people in that particular area with the gospel? What about orality techniques that are really very, very old? What can we take away from that so that we can apply them here in North America? And for those ministries like my own who are involved globally, what can we learn and take away to be even more effective in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, this really, we hope, will be the beginning of a strong orality movement in Canada. Yes, it's a North America gathering, and there will be people from throughout North America attending, mm -hmm. but we really want to look at how can orality grow in Canada. We have strong involvement by Lausanne Canada, the Canadian Bible Society, Imago Arts, by Galcom, many other organizations. And how can we really infuse uh, and support the growth of that particular movement into this knowledge of a global community of practice and learning. I think that is just such a great vision, and it is a great challenge for us and a great opportunity in which it also stretches us. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, my children right now and how they're learning in elementary school and the different ways they're learning things like math or creative ways of expressing themselves and such. And I think this would be a great time, like this conference would be a great time for us to be stretching in terms of how do other people also encounter and experience God? And if they've encountered and experienced Him in new and fresh ways, how does that bolster you know, our understanding of mission? And how does that help shape our understanding of what does it mean to learn from one another and to get a fuller picture of who God is as revealed in Christ and the gospel at work in our lives? And so I'm really excited for this conference coming up. Are you going to be making your way up to the conference for all the days? I will be. I'll be there uh, the 2nd of October, and I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, what you said is, is very true, John. And I'm thinking of a, a lady in Mozambique who 
did not read and was feeling that she really had no way to reach out into her community and engage with them and to share about God. She was just feeling like, boy, I don't, I don't have any usefulness for Jesus. What can I do? And she got an audio Bible and she started listening to it and started memorizing portions of scripture. And then she became an effective evangelist to her community as she went to each of the the homes in the community, sat with them. They learned the Bible. She was able to share what she was learning. They listened to God's word together and had the opportunity to really grow the body of Christ in that particular area. And in essence, she became the most effective evangelist for the gospel in that particular area because she, again, was marinating in God's word and was so excited about what she was learning and about the importance of God's word and how it was impacting her life that she started sharing it with others and going door to door sharing God's word. And it's just remarkable how excited she was about doing that and the impact that she's had in that particular region. There was another um, older lady, probably in her 80s, who had heard that they were going to distribute these audio Bibles, but she really didn't know what they were. But she walked miles and miles the day before the distribution was going to happen. She stayed on the dirt floor at the church overnight, so she would be one of the first in line to receive God's Word. Now, when, other than, you know, the Christmas sales and getting in line for something, (laughs) you know, consumerism, when was the last time that we have been that excited to hear God's Word, that we would actually walk miles and miles and get in line and stay overnight in order to receive God's Word? It's exciting to see the hunger that God is placing in the hearts of people around the world to hear the good news of the gospel. We hear lots of bad things happening in our world today, political, social, economic, increased persecution. All of those things are happening, and yet there is a lot of good things that are happening as well. God is on the move around the world, Mm. creating in people's heart a hunger to hear his word. And it's so exciting to be a part of the orality movement who is helping connect those people to God's Word through a variety of means, as I mentioned before, through drama, through film, through the arts, through audio, through many, many different means, helping to connect people to God's Word in many different formats. Yes, yes. A memory for me just stirred in terms of being in Japan and working alongside a church. And I don't know Japanese. But they asked me and my team to perform a kind of a dance piece that expressed the gospel. They asked us to play songs in English to a Japanese audience. And those students and families, they didn't know English, but for some reason, they connected with that. And there was something about it that drew them to to connect with some of the missionaries and some of the churches there because something in the music and the joy touched them. And it's amazing to think about the different ways in which engagement can happen and the way God uses it, because ultimately, He's the one that stirs our desires and affections and creates that hunger. He's already at work in the world. And as we see society change and different preferences in terms of engagement happen, how do we then continually follow where the Spirit's leading and see those different avenues to be able to share the gospel and to be able to be part of kingdom work? through different means. 
And so, Naomi, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for sharing a little bit about both from Audio Scripture Ministries and your involvement with ION. We're super excited to connect with you when October hits, which is going to be coming up very soon. And hopefully we can continue to spur one another on and continue to collaborate because no individual community and church can do everything. But if we work together, we exemplify the body and we are able to also collaborate and be able to reach more people for God's glory. So thank you so much for what you do. And what would be one last thing you would want to offer to our listeners to think about or to be encouraged by as they get ready for this conference? I want to just read something from John Franklin from Imago Arts in Toronto. And, you know, you've mentioned that the theme for the conference is one word for all, embodying Jesus in a post-textual society. What that means to us is God's word is true. And God's word is for everyone. And John did a little bit of writing on this whole idea of embodying Jesus Christ in a post-textual society. He says, at the heart of the call to Christian discipleship is the expectation that what we believe will be lived out in our practice. So therefore embodied. And he says, in Christian theology, we understand the biblical account of the goodness of God's creation and the extraordinary movement of God where the word became flesh and lived among us, the incarnation. He says, in a post-textual culture, we face a dilemma where technology seems to disembody us, while as believers in Jesus Christ, we're called to wholeheartedly embodiment in following Jesus Christ. He says, this apparent tension offers a unique opportunity for Christians to engage with current communication technologies, and at the same time faithfully practicing an embodied incarnation of Jesus through our communication. And I would say, I hope people will consider joining us as we wrestle and struggle with these issues together, as we celebrate what God is doing and look for ways that God is calling us to continue to collaborate and expand our collaboration so that more people will hear about the gospel in the coming days and weeks and months. And together at this event, we will pray together. We have an emphasis on prayer because we know that our strength and our wisdom and our focus on the Lord comes through prayer. But together, Mm. we'll also learn. We'll learn from one another. We'll learn from the experts. And together, we'll be inspired. We are going to be seeking God's heart for reaching our world with the good news of his son, Jesus Christ. And we hope that people will join us in doing that. If they'd like more information, they can go to oralitycanada.com. That's oralitycanada.com. It'll give them an idea of what's on the program. It'll give them an idea of the schedule, some of the speakers, presenters. This really will be an interactive time together. So it's not just them sitting and receiving They're going to be learning together and be able to participate in the conversation together. And also, we would appreciate their prayers, covering the program, covering the speakers and the presenters, that the Lord's will be done. And when all is said and done with this conference, we will be further engaged and further encouraged and further equipped to share about Jesus. Yes, and amen to that. Thank you once again, Naomi, for your insights and for sharing your heart. And we look forward to this conference coming up. And thank you guys so much for listening to us today. This has been a great road to this conference, and we hope 
to see you guys there and to be able to engage in this topic together. You are listening to a podcast after all, so you are being engaged in a very oral means. So, you know, we'd love to kind of hear more from you and talk about how do we engage this world for the gospel. You could also reach us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or by email. We'd love to hear from you and the feedback you have in terms of this whole idea and concept of orality. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate and review and subscribe to our episodes with whatever platform you have. That really helps us to get this conversation out there. And please remember to share it to others too. Once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.